hauling Just look at the load I'm hauling Hard work, I hit it harder Ain't nothing new for a backwoods farmer Sun up to sundown Backing up traffic all the way to town Camo hat and a farmer's tan Welcome to Fast Line Fast Track, presented by Fast Line Media Group, your innovative consumer resource and marketing partner of choice for the evolving agricultural community. Now, here's your host, Brent Adams. Welcome to the Memorial Day episode of Fast Line Fast Track. It's great to have you with us. On this episode, we learned some of the details this week of the federal government's coronavirus food assistance program for farmers. We'll break that down for you, and then we'll talk with country music artist Ryan Weaver. In addition to being the patriotic voice of the PBR and featuring clips from the movie 13 Hours in the video for his song Burn, he's a veteran and a member of a double gold star family. He talks about what Memorial Day means to him. You won't want to miss a moment of this one. Let's go. Well, first up this week, President Donald Trump and Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue formally rolled out the $19 billion Coronavirus Food Assistance Program, or CFAP, as part of Congress's CARES Act at the White House on Tuesday. We brought you some of the initial announcement about the program a few weeks ago, so we wanted you to hear more about the program this week. American farmers, ranchers, and growers feed, fuel, and sustain our nation. They're proud defenders of the American way of life, and I'm proud to stand right by their side in this hour of need. President Trump and Secretary Sonny Perdue, joined by farm leaders, announced the $19 billion CFAP that includes $3 billion for USDA's Farm to Families Food Box program to help the needy and pandemic-impacted restaurants, hotels, and food vendors. The program that we're announcing today will be a benefit, direct farmer, direct payments to farmers of all sizes, uh, and all really all production there uh, will be very helpful, a real lifeline. And this is the part listeners are going to want to know. Applications for producers of livestock, dairy, special specialty and non-specialty crops and wool with 5% or greater price losses and significant marketing losses will be accepted from May 26th through August 28th. Notable is a doubling of the initial $125,000 payment to $250,000 per person or entity for all commodities combined, but an 80% initial payout cap with the rest paid as funds remain available. American Farm Bureau Federation President Zippy Duvall talked about how welcome the aid was to farmers, a group he considers a key national security link. This pandemic's made us realize one thing. We live in land of plenty. But there's a food chain that is just as important to us as our military is. We have to be able to feed our own people. We can't afford to be fed by other countries. That makes us a national security issue. And we know that you realize that. And I think the American people, unfortunately, have had to go to the store and see some empty shelves. And we all now realize how important that chain, that food chain is. And the farmer is that very first link. Duvall said farmers are still farming, and many wouldn't be without the administration and Congress's support, noting that over 50 million people have read on hashtag still farming just how farmers have survived the coronavirus pandemic. So let's break this down a bit. Non-specialty crops eligible for CFAP payments include malting barley, canola, corn, upland cotton, millet, oats, soybeans, sorghum, sunflowers, durum wheat, and hard red spring wheat. As we said earlier, wool also is eligible. Producers will be paid based on an inventory subject to price risk held as of January 15, 2020. A payment will be made based 50% of a producer's 
2019 total production or the 2019 inventory as of January 15th, 2020, whichever is smaller, multiplied by the commodities applicable payment rates. Livestock eligible for CFAP includes cattle, lambs, yearlings, and hogs. The total payment will be calculated using the sum of the producer's number of livestock sold between January 15th and April 15th of 2020, multiplied by the payment rates per head, and the highest inventory number of livestock between April 16th and May 14th, 2020, multiplied by the payment rate per head. For dairy, the total payment will be calculated based on a producer's certification of milk production for the first quarter of the calendar year 2020, multiplied by a national price decline during the same quarter. The second part of the payment is based on a national adjustment to each producer's production in the first quarter. For eligible specialty crops, the total payment will be based on the volume of production sold between January 15th and April 15th, 2020. The volume of production shipped but unpaid and the number of acres for which harvested production did not leave the farm or mature product destroyed or not harvested during that same period and which have not and will not be sold. Specialty crops include but are not limited to almonds, beans, broccoli, sweet corn, lemons, iceberg lettuce, spinach, squash, strawberries, and tomatoes. A full list of eligible crops can be found at farmers.gov slash CFAP. That's C-F-A-P. And they also add that additional crops will be deemed eligible at a later date. So, again, make sure you check out that website, farmers.gov slash CFAP. And we're going to keep up to date on this, and we'll bring you more information on it as this whole situation unfolds here on Fastline Fast Track. Well, next up on Fast Line Fast Track is country music singer-songwriter Ryan Weaver. Ryan and I met in 2016 working in an event for VetLinks, which is a veteran services organization in Nashville. It was at that same event that I also met J.T. Cooper, who was featured on our show last Memorial Day. Ryan honorably served our country and continues to promote patriotism through his music. He most recently served as the patriotic voice of the PBR, Professional Bull Riders, and he's a guy that I'm proud to call friend. Ryan, welcome into Fast Line Fast Track. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me. Honored to be on. So Ryan has a great story himself. He served in the U.S. Army as a helicopter aviator and a trainer, and his family is a double gold star family. He lost a brother and a brother-in-law in action. And Ryan, when we get to this time of year, Memorial Day, what does it mean to you? Well, you know what? One of the things about being a Gold Star family member is every single day is Memorial Day. Uh, obviously, our family going through it twice was a much, much uh, more difficult than just once. Sure. <laughs> um, not a better way to, to say it. Uh, but for me, the opportunity for self-reflection, to take stock of my life and, 
and decide what I'm going to continue to do and how I'm going to continue to honor their sacrifices is really what Memorial Day is about for me. You know, the, the days that they were killed in action are, are a little bit more foggy and, you know, but uh, Memorial Day, I kind of take the time and, and try to look at what I've done with my life, what I've accomplished so far and, and what I'm going to accomplish in the future. And though I do that every single day, I really do. Um, because like I said, every day is Memorial Day. That's just more of a, um, a reminder uh, that I have the opportunity to live in this amazing country because of the sacrifices they made. And I'm going to make the best of it. And we only get one shot. So that's kind of the way that I look at it. So you come from a rather large family, don't you? We had 11 people living in our house at one time. So I would uh, count, the, count the parents in there. But with steps, halves, and, uh, uh, you know, whatever, I mean, you name it, it was a cornucopia of kids <laughs> in our house. We, we had a large family growing up. And, um, you know, it's uh, one of the blessings that I can say that I've had in my life that uh, you learn to fend for yourself, but you also learn to work as a team and a lot of things as well. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah, huge families are a great thing. <laughs> so you you were serving over in Iraq at the same time as you, your brother Aaron, and he was killed in action when a, a helicopter he was in was shot down. What are some of your memories of Aaron? Well, a lot of the memories that I have of him are when we were growing up and times were simpler and, and you know, we, we were best friends, uh, especially through the high school years right before he went into the Ranger Regiment. He was actually in the ambush in Mogadishu and Black Hawk Down and uh, was a cancer survivor and non-deployable when he did get deployed to Iraq when we were over there, but he had to get by monthly blood screenings for the cancer. And he was flying in the back of a medevac helicopter when um, it was shot down. He was going to one of those bi-monthly blood screenings. And, you know, the last couple of times I got to see him was in Iraq. Uh, those memories are, are fresh in my mind, but, you know, I, I, I love going back to the days when we were running on the track in high school and, we lived in a small town in West Central Florida, Inverness, and a lot of folks in the Western community know Ocala down there for the horses and, and the cattle and whatnot, too. But um, we grew up in a small town and small high school, and everybody, we were friends with everybody. And those are the times that I, I look back on and remember how amazing, um, you know, my friendship with him was. And, and then flight school as well. When I was going through flight school, having him there with me, we both went through flight school at about the same time. Uh, I, I came in after him, uh, several months after him, but we were both uh, doing flight school at the same time and just spending time with him there and, and taking his advice and having his mentorship along the way to be able to help me be successful uh, in flight school. So, so many amazing different things about him. He was an all-American superhero and sacrificed his life for this country and would have done it 10 times over if he had the opportunity because that's just the kind of person he was. And then a little over 10 years later, December 2013, your brother-in-law, Chief Warrant Officer 2, Randy Billings, was killed in action uh, when his helicopter was shot down. Uh, what were your memories of him? Well, my sister Ashley um, met him at Fort Rucker, and I was actually one of Randy's instructors going through Warrant Officer Candidate School. I was a uh, classroom instructor in leadership development for him, and uh, he's a good guy. He, he, you know, helped her get herself on her feet and, and really found out what love was about. And he's just a, a, a good person, kind to folks. And, and, you know, I got to know him really well. My, my kids and I would go visit with him in, in uh, Kansas and, and he and Ashley and spend the holidays with them. And, you know, he was just a good dude and, and he, he died as a hero, just the same. You know, it was, it was, it was almost, it seemed as tough 
simply because I just I felt so bad for Ashley, um, and because she found someone like him and and deserved someone like him, and you know it was really tough on our family when when that happened as well. Before we go any further in our conversation with Ryan Weaver, I'm going to share with you some of his music. If you ever wanted to know where he stands in his love for his country, this song explains it all. This is That's What America Means. Freedom is a ribbon of untouched highway An acre to kids in a white picket dream Loosening your tie at the end of a workday That's what America means to me It's a purple heart that my granddaddy gave me An ice cream shop on the corner of Main Street Two names carved in a heart on an oak tree That's what America means to me Oh, 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 oh that's what America means to me oh, 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 because of the brave, it's the land of the free Small town heroes and big city dreams Oh, 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 oh that's what America means to me Rocket summers dropping from rope swings Friday night dance with the homecoming queen Detroit steel rolling out from the factory That's what America means to me Oh, 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 oh that's what America means to me Oh, oh, oh because of the brave It's the land of the free Small town heroes and big city dreams what America means to me oh, oh, oh that's what America means to me oh, oh, oh that's what America means to me what America means to me oh, oh, oh because of the brave it's the land of the free small town heroes and big city dreams oh, oh, oh that's what America means to me that's what America means to me back on fast line fast track with singer songwriter and veteran Ryan Weaver, what was it that pulled you into military service? Well, both my brothers, actually my whole family, uh, my grandfather was in World War II as a belly gunner. Um, my dad was a Marine. My two brothers were Army. And, you know, it, it, it was just seemed like the right path to go. I, I had an opportunity for a scholarship but uh, in cross-country, but didn't end up getting that scholarship for various reasons. But um, it just seemed like the right way to go. I mean, both my brothers went into the Ranger Regiment and were doing the hardcore stuff. I went into military intelligence and took a little bit of a different path. But, uh, you know, our paths all ended up coming back together because my oldest brother, Steve, ended up uh, becoming a warrant officer and flying Kiowa Warriors and Cobras. Cobras, then Kiowa Warriors in the Army. And then Aaron ended up going from being in the Ranger Regiment, got out for a couple of years and went back in. And 
And then I just followed his footsteps into flying, but they both flew Kiowas and I chose Blackhawks because uh, my oldest brother, Steve, who Aaron followed in his footsteps, gave Aaron the advice on, on, on what he felt, you know, he wanted to, or he should do, but he and Steve and I sat down and discussed the uh, flying helicopters as well. So it's kind of been a following in their footsteps thing. And, you know, once Aaron died um, at that point, uh, it was really, it was really my turn to make my own footsteps. And that's what ended up uh, getting me into the country music scene. Mm-hmm. So tell me a bit about that. Cause that was going to be my next question is what, where does music come into all this? What, when did you really start to fall in love with it? When did you uh, start, start playing and figuring out, Hey, maybe I can make something of this. Well, I don't have the typical country music story in that, you know, I didn't grow up around the Western sports world or I didn't grow up listening to country music. And I, I listened to all kinds of music growing up and, Really, in the uh, early '90s, when Garth Brooks was, you know, taken off and just doing incredible things, or was at the top of his game. I wouldn't say he's taken off, but he was a, um, you know, incredible force in making country music one of the most popular genres that were out there. And uh, he and Reba and all them are were, were killing it. And I really started becoming a fan of his when I was stationed uh, in Kansas and the country music scene, but. I started doing karaoke and singing competitions when I went to flight school in Alabama in, in the late 90s. Uh, actually, it was right before 2000. He, I, I was a fan of, uh, started really becoming a fan of country music and then was went to flight school. And when I was in flight school, I started doing singing competitions and karaoke competitions, and I was actually winning. And this was late in my 20s, so I didn't get started in, in, into the music scene until late in my 20s. And um, I was winning those competitions and I found that it was making a connection with the crowd was something I really enjoyed and performing was something I really enjoyed. And we, uh, you know, I went over to Germany, was restationed there and did karaoke. And then I started writing while I was in Iraq, started writing songs. And, and then when Aaron died, it was, you know, I, I love flying was great. It was awesome to be able to say that I flew Blackhawks and I was an aviator. Um, but it really wasn't a passion for me. It was something that I, I enjoyed doing. I, I liked being able to have a a job that was exciting and and fresh, but it wasn't something that I was extremely passionate about. Both my brothers were passionate aviators, and Steve, my oldest brother, still flies. But you know, once once Aaron died, I, I kind of once it was a, it's a big aha moment in life, and you know, I decided that I was letting life pass me by, and I wanted to do something that I was extremely passionate about, and I could continue you know, in the military doing what I was doing, but also started pursuing a country music career or started going after it and playing the small clubs and festival scene. It, um, I did a military idol competition at Fort Rucker and got runner up in that. And when the winner of that competition went to nationals, I met up with the army band that had some folks that were playing in a rock band off post and they needed some country music, uh, you know, to add to their set list. So they put me in as the, the front man on that and, started focusing on marketing myself and and getting into the country music scene and the bar scene around Fort Rucker in southeastern Alabama then started touring the medium-sized clubs and large clubs and doing the festivals and opening for national acts and I think it was 2005 I really started actively getting into it and by 2007 I got to open for my first actually no 2006 I opened for my first national act and I was George Jones uh, at the Dothan Civic Center down in uh, southeast Alabama. What was that experience like? It was pretty incredible, obviously, to 
to stand on a stage. Uh, that was my first big stage. I had been singing in, in the clubs and bars and that kind of stuff, doing the karaoke and singing competitions, but because um, I continued doing that once I came back. But uh, to actually get to be one of the, because I, I won a singing competition for a radio station and to, you know, to the the winning prize was to be able to open up for George Jones, one of four people. And, and it was, it was cool to stand in front of a crowd like that and see a response. I mean, I sang Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy, which really was more, is more of a performance song than, you know, back then when it was a huge song, uh, it was more of a performance song than a singing song, but the crowd responded to it and, and I was already hooked on doing what I was doing. That was just uh, the first indicator that I had in front of a large crowd to to be able to get the engagement that I was seeing at this at the singing competitions just the same. So, how did you find your way to Nashville? I started going to Nashville in 2006, back and forth uh, between southeastern Alabama, where I was stationed, and traveling up to Nashville to network and try and figure out about the music business because it seemed as uh, as if I was if I wanted to be successful in the music business or I wanted to find my way Nashville was the place to be obviously in the country music business and um you know I, I started working with a, a songwriter called Je- named Jeffrey Steele he wrote a lot of Rascal Flatts number one hits Montgomery Gentry's number one hits um he's a, a just an awesome songwriter incredible artist and got to work with him on a couple of songs um, which opened a lot of doors and other places uh, in Nashville, because Nashville is really about who you know and how much money you have, and a lot of folks may not <laughs> may not agree with that. But if you don't have money, you can't get songs recorded, and if you don't know anybody, nobody wants to work with you. So it really, but then who you know is really what's the most important thing. And he he opened a lot of doors for me with that relationship, and you know I just continued going back and forth to Nashville. And then in 2012, I got out of the military and moved up to Nashville and just continue pursuing the career then. So another person who was influential in your career is a legend in the country music business and a patriot in his own right is Charlie Daniels. Oh, yeah. Well, I started working with the Charlie Daniels group in 2014. I got to uh, open up for Charlie and Phil Vassar and uh, a few other acts at the Ryman Auditorium in 2014. And then 2015, he had a volunteer jam at, at Bridgestone Arena, and I got to performed between Ted Nugent and Michael W. Smith and that one to a sold out arena, which was a pretty incredible experience. And then on September 11th in 2015, uh, David Corlew, Charlie Daniels manager, invited me to uh, perform on the Grand Ole Opry stage on September 11th. And uh, Charlie Daniels, right before he was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame, introduced me to uh, debut on the Grand Ole Opry stage with them on September 11th. It was just incredible. I mean, you don't... to to have an experience like that, it's so surreal. It was almost a blink of an eye, it seemed. But the, one of the coolest things about it was I got to sing an original song that I had wrote uh, for Aaron uh, called What You Think of Me. We haven't even released that song yet. Um, we're waiting for the right time for it. But that was one of the songs that, or that was the song that I got to perform. And it was it was just an incredible experience. You, you don't get to um, say that you, too many people can't say that they don't have management record deal or record label or, or song on the radio and had an opportunity to be introduced by one of country music's greatest artists on September 11th on the Grand Ole Opry stage. And then all that was coming together at the same time behind the scenes, the movie 13 Hours Secret Soldiers of Benghazi was also coming together and your single Burn wound up uh, playing a crucial role in, in that picture. Yeah, Burn was, I actually had written Burn probably a year before that and wrote it for, with a more military specific 
um, thing, you know, uh, focus on it. And then I met John Tigan and, and Mark Geist from that were actually two of the survivors of Benghazi at the volunteer jam when I uh, played between Ted Nugent, and Michael W. Smith and, and started talking to them about getting it done. And then we, we rewrote some of the lyrics to be more fitting for the movie because I was trying to get it licensed for the movie. And, uh, by the time that they got the, the musical score done for the movie and all the final editing, we really were a little bit too late in the game for it, unfortunately. But uh, John Tigan really got actively involved. Uh, his name's Tig. He got actively involved in supporting me getting a music video done for it. And Paramount gave us the authorization to use the trailer clips from the movie, 13 Hours, Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. And, uh, you know, we, we got all law enforcement, first responder, military cast in it and put it together. And it's not traditional country. It's, it, I grew up with an 80s rock influence primarily. And, you know, I have an 80s rock influence in my music. Um, and, but it's, it's, was meant to, to be thematically along with an action movie kind of thing, you know, which is what 13 hours obviously was about 13 hours of pure action. But, uh, so yeah, that was a pretty big launching pad and it started getting me touring, uh, to even bigger shows and regional shows and, and that's where the next phase of my life really started. Well, a lot of Ryan's music lives where Southern rock and country music intersect, just like you'd expect from a Florida boy. But every once in a while, he slips in a little something different just to mix it up. We'll let him tell you about this one. We do have a song that you, uh, I believe, are going to highlight on the show that we just released with Chad Prather out of Texas, uh, the political cowboy out of Texas called He's Still Your President. And it's really the first time I've, I've touched on any kind of political uh anything when it comes to my career as an, as, as an artist but we made a parody song and you know to make it funny and and, and that kind of stuff and uh, i think that you know a lot of your folks will enjoy that tune that's out there and you can get all that you know you can download it on every digital outlet that there is we hear what you're yelling trump somehow didn't win your tds and all that hate just ain't american take to the streets scream at the sky throw hissy fits try not to cry Feelings hurt, but facts don't lie. You're still your president. Yeah, you're still your president. In spite of what you claim. All around the USA on a long Trump train. Yeah, you're still your president. Share our nation's pride. America, God bless our 45. If you're pulling for Pelosi, shift for Schumer too. Your vision's short of 2020, and here's real news for you. Impeachment shams, collusion scams, broke a honky and the burning man. Creepy Joe and his feely hands won't beat our president. Yeah, he's still your president, in spite of what you claim. All around the USA, on a long drunk train. Yeah, he's still your president, share our nation's pride. America, God bless our 45. Pound your chest and riot, break things and just go wild. Your parents should have spanked you, but you're acting like a child. It's pretty much what we'd expect from a safe space derelict. Cause you lost and can't accept he's still your president. He's still your president, in spite of what you claim. All around the USA on a long Trump train Yeah, he's still your president Share our nation's pride America, God bless our 45 Take it away! 
Election day is coming, the swamp is draining dry. The economy is booming, Obama isn't wise. No matter how you tear it up or vote you try to fix, we predict another Trump will be our 46. Yay, still your president, in spite of what you claim. All around the USA on a long Trump train. Yay, still your president, share our nation's pride. America, God bless our 45. Sing it with me now. He's still your president, in spite of what you claim. All around the USA on a long Trump train. Yeah, he's still your president. Share our nation's pride. America, God bless our 45. America, God bless our 45. And that's Ryan Weaver with He's Still Your President, presented without commentary. And for the sake of fairness, if anybody wants to come on with a rebuttal song, I'd be glad to give you equal time. And now more from our conversation with Ryan Weaver. And you talk about that next phase, 2017. You're named the patriotic voice of the PBR, the Professional Bull Riders, for their Celebrate America campaign. And, and that's put you on a pretty big stage. Although I had played large stages like the Ryman Auditorium stage and Bridgestone Arena and, and the Grand Ole Opry, I was doing a, a, a regional show where I was opening for Doc and Wharton, Great White, three 80s rock bands. And we, uh, Sean Gleason, the CEO of the PBR, was in the front row, and he listened to my story and loved the performance uh, aspect of the show and it, it said it, fit, it felt that it fit right in with what they were doing. And Steven Tyler from Aerosmith was the headliner 2016 on their Saturday night at T-Mobile Arena for the World Finals. And Sean Gleason gave me the headlining spot for the Saturday night uh, at their 2017 World Finals for the sold-out arena. And you go from regional shows to every single show is now in an arena uh, performing at the largest arenas across the nation. I mean, T-Mobile Arena was the obviously the massive World Finals for the professional bull riders. And then the first show was Madison Square Garden in January 2018, it was, I mean, just skyrocket into doing some of the biggest shows that I, I would do for my career, obviously, by far. How have you developed as an artist over that time? Well, I, I think as, a, um, as an artist, the performance aspect of it, I was already, you know, several years into the performing side of it and making connections with crowds and how I was going to be able to, um, you know, make a connection to the Western sports crowd when I did not have a Western sports upbringing. And I, and I openly admit that to folks. I, at 18 years old, I went into, uh, went into the military. And prior to that, I, you know, we didn't have a Western sports upbringing. And I had to learn a lot about the Western sports world and also the Western culture and how things are done. Um, and, you know, I, I think that one of the things that I really got to see as soon as I started doing this was first off how little I knew about the sport and, and, and the, the culture and how much I needed to learn as quickly as possible because they were tag teaming me with bull riders on radio interviews and television interviews about the sport. And essentially I was talking about the sport from a fan perspective on the outside, looking in on the entertainment piece of it and how they take care of animals and how much, how much, how valued the animals are, you know, to, to the, the ranchers, to the um, stock contractors, you name it. I had to learn all about that. Um, as far as the performance aspect was concerned, the biggest thing for me was being able to get through uh, the music video that we have never forgotten uh, that was honoring 
all of our local heroes because we were honoring our fallen law enforcement, first responders and military across the nation uh, at every one of the events with the Celebrate America campaign uh, was getting through that video and then being able to keep my composure to sing the national anthem uh, a cappella right afterwards. Uh, you know, it's uh, that was the the biggest thing for because it, on stage when I'm performing, folks, anybody that comes and watches the show, it, I want them, every person that's standing out in the audience, to feel as if they could be standing up next to me, because I'm I'm a guy that's living a dream and has and and we could go have a you know a beer down the line or whatever it is because I'm just a normal guy that has been chasing this dream. I want people to feel that way. Well, the Western culture, if I wasn't genuine in that message, would have seen clear through it. Mm. And the emotion that I have when I perform, when I tell the stories about my brother, because I made that promise I would do that every single time I stepped on stage, and then it turned into telling the stories about my brothers, um, you know, the, the emotion it has to be raw and genuine and real to the audience for them to to be able to connect with you. And I had to be able to, I had to figure out how I could get where that raw, real emotion is going to be there uh, in the video that we did, because, I mean, that's my niece that's at the end of that video. If the folks are listening, go watch it. Um, I had to be able to get through that and then be able to harness that emotion and energy into singing the national anthem and not make it, <laughs> not forget the words, because I don't care what anybody says. You get up there and it may seem easy, <laughs> mm. but but if your emotions get the best of you, um, you know you you get lost in the song and and, and plus it's a, a difficult song to sing. So uh, and making it right uh, to a culture that really cares about that just as much as I do as a 21 year combat veteran, um, you know that that was probably the biggest um, growing experience that I've had, um, you know, in in all of my career and being able to figure that out. So what's on the horizon for you? Well, we uh, we did a few shows with the Australian PBR last year. I did four shows or three shows with them last year, and we had four shows scheduled for this year in May and June, uh, and with the Australian PBR. And obviously, those have been uh, canceled or delayed. Um, but we have been expanding the message of the Celebrate America campaign to so to the Australia side of it internationally because. The PBR is such an immensely patriotic sport. The fans are incredible. They, uh, all of the Western, Western culture, uh, the blue collar workers that are out there, you name it, um, stand behind our heroes and stand beside our heroes without question. And a lot of other countries that are out there where the PBR is competing feel exactly the same way. They just don't, they aren't as overtly celebratory about it as we are. And, we started relaying that message over to Australia and had an amazing, amazing response from them. And uh, the hopes are that we'll be able to continue with that. Uh, we were supposed to have, like I said, four shows this year, plus whatever we were going to do at the end of the year after May and June uh, to continue to relay that message. But uh, with the PBR in Australia, that's that's what I'm hoping to do. And, and my relationship with the PBR is, is still strong and Though they've, uh, with, with the Beat Cowboy campaign, they have different artists. I can't expect them to have me as their primary artist every year. My hopes are that I'll get back with them in the future. But as for now, as we're all sitting in self-isolation, my partner brands with Nine Line Apparel. I have t-shirt, a t-shirt line, a clothing line with Nine Line Apparel, a veteran, another veteran-owned company, Liberty Home Concealment Flags, and my Lane Cowboy Boots uh, out of Arlington, Texas. My 
Old Glory cowboy boots are on over 30, in over 30 stores across the nation, uh, and on shelves of Boot Barn in Nashville and, and Las Vegas. So I'm focusing on my partner brands since there are no shows out there. And so if anybody that's listening out there wants to support a veteran owned business and a small family owned business, check out, you know, you could check out those partner brands as well. Definitely go check those out. Any new music coming up? We have a new single that we just wrote. Um, but the, the biggest thing for me is uh, one thing that I've never, I haven't done with exception to the PBR is released a full album or released any music. If I had, if, if, if I didn't feel that it was the right time for it, mm-hmm. um, the Celebrate America EP was the first EP that I put out. I usually was, have been doing singles along with music videos to go with it. And of course, everybody knows that you can't get those things done for free. And just like everybody else right now, I'm focusing on uh, keeping, you know, paying my bills for the next several months as, as we go along, get, get through this self-isolation or social isolation thing. And uh, once we get to a good spot, then we have a new single that we're going to be putting out. Well, you know, with Memorial Day weekend coming up here, uh, I hear the phrase freedom isn't free thrown around kind of freely uh, these days. But if any one family knows for sure that freedom isn't free, uh, it's been you guys. You've seen that up close. How can folks best honor uh, the memory of your brother and brother-in-law and everybody who sacrificed for our country. The best way that I feel anyone can honor the sacrifices that our heroes have made for us is to live every single day the best that you possibly can, knowing that you're given the opportunity to do so, and uh, and and think about what they would think of you if uh, if you were making a decision to live your life how you're living it. That's I mean I can't say it any better than that when you hear that word patriotism what does that mean to you patriotism is a big word it is it's different for every single person that that thinks about what matters most to them Uh, but for me believing that america is the best country in the entire world that we have the capabilities of being incredible if we're united together and living the best possible life that you can knowing that you have the freedoms to chase whatever dreams you want to is the true patriotic spirit. I love it. I couldn't have put it any better myself. And, and I tell you what, go out and check out everything Ryan Weaver has going, weavercountry.com. And uh, where are you on social media? Ryan Weaver Country on Facebook and Ryan Weaver Country on Instagram. And I haven't quite figured out the Twitter thing yet, so I don't really do a whole lot on there, but it is Weaver Country. And also my YouTube page, if you want to see some of the videos that we have, uh, Weaver Country is my YouTube handle as well. And he does a great job with those and uh, just a, a great, great guy. Man, uh, Ryan, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Fast Line Fast Track and super bummed that we can't do this in person, but I look forward to the day when we can. We're going to jump back on here and anytime you've got any new music to promote or anything we can be putting out there, man, you've always got a platform to do it right here. I really appreciate that. Thanks so much. Now we're going to give you some of the music of Ryan Weaver. Standing alone, I imagine your face Smiling when you said goodbye yesterday You were my hero, my heart, and my everything Hold on to her so 
the sounds of Ryan Weaver. Be sure to check him out at weavercountry.com. As always, we want to thank our friends at the Ernest Tubb Record Shop, 417 Broadway, in the heart of downtown Nashville, Tennessee, for making that performance possible. We hope when the shop reopens, you'll go and support them. They have a great selection of traditional country music on CD and vinyl, and a huge selection of really cool merchandise. You can check them out at etrecordshop.com. And while you're searching the internet in your downtime, head on over to fastline.com. Check out the equipment locator with the price comparison tool featuring the Iron Average powered by Iron Solutions. And while you're on the website, don't forget to sign up to receive the print catalog for your state or region. Even through this pandemic, the Fastline catalog is still being delivered to your mailbox. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Fastline Fast Track podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or iHeartRadio. Also, be sure to like Fastline Fast Track on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube, and add our Spotify playlist to your library for music from past, current, and upcoming guests of the show. 
Next week, we'll continue to keep you up to date on the latest information on how COVID-19 is affecting the agriculture industry, and we'll have the music of Heart of Texas recording artist Myra Rowland. Until then, it's Brent Adams saying y'all come back and bring along a friend. You've been listening to Fast Line Fast Track, presented by Fast Line Media Group. To learn more about Fast Line's customer-focused marketing solutions, visit FastLineMediaGroup.com and check out our brand websites, FastLine.com, BigAg.com, and PinkTractor.com. If you have topic suggestions for future podcasts, drop us a line at Brent.Adams at FastLine.com. 